If you've been out of business for a while and need to understand etiquette in the workplace, or you want to know how to better manage your time, then you need business etiquette. You're on a lunch date with a customer and you want to feel confident about dining etiquette and introducing your clients correctly to others. You also need business etiquette. This course also teaches you how to public speak, how to set your lifetime and daily goals, If you're in sales, this course and class is a must. We sometimes believe times have changed to casual, but casual does not mean non-professional. Our Champion School of Real Estate Etiquette course fills up quickly for people from all walks of life. The loud voices of body language, the slam dunk preparation for the job interview, the powerful first impressions you want to make with your clients, All of these are part of this must-take two-day course. It's through Champion School of Real Estate's virtual campus, so you can enjoy the course from home. The best $145 you can spend to get you prepared for your new career. Santa Maria, CEO, Champion School of Real Estate, the nation's leader in real estate education. Our goal is to jumpstart your career, boost your career to the next level, give you insight into what a career as an entrepreneur in real estate is all about. Real estate is the career of top producers, and we are always finding the creme de la creme or best in the business who openly share their steps to success. And they are always champions. I say creme de la creme. Monica um, is, over these years, she's been in the 1% of the real estate agents in the Austin area. And I think it's called the Elite. It's the elite, elite 25. Elite 25. And, 25. Mm-hmm. and she is with Compass Real Estate or Compass Realty. It's Which Compass. Compass. Uh, but often you say real estate afterwards. Okay. So they do it something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. And congratulations on that. Thank you. Pretty recent. So. And she specializes, as all of you know, you've seen the flyer, you've seen all of the social media we've had on these two ladies. And, uh, her specialty is luxury market, and we have Diane Keep. Diane is a longtime friend of mine. We live very close to each other, literally. Literally. <laughs> and uh, I know her husband, Bruce, and family. Diane, uh, when she joined Keller Williams, was the Rookie of the Year for Keller Williams International. Mm-hmm. She is in the Keller Williams Hall of Fame. She is the number one luxury team international for Keller Williams. And she also is consistently, at least every year I know of, you're in 
the Houston Business Journal top 10 Correct. teams yeah. in Houston. So she is the Keller Williams Woodlands Magnolia office. Yeah. And uh, the Kink team is known all over the north part of the city, if not all of Houston. So we have these two amazing ladies that will give us tremendous insight into the niche of the luxury market and then just other insights. So as I always tell our students, get your iPads out, get your paper, get your pen, get ready to take wonderful notes because you're going to hear from very successful ladies in the business that have gone from where you're sitting today to the top of the market. And I'm so, so, so proud to have both of you here. Thank you for having us. So let's just start out with, was there a defining moment? When either of you decided, I'm going to go into real estate, you want to take that, Monica? Well, top of mind, the first thing um, I remember is I, had, I was in high tech. I was a regional VP of sales, and I traveled. Uh, my son was born, and he was on 38 business trips the first 11 wow. months of his life. And I don't oh, mean goodness. like a jaunt to Houston. I meant leave the nanny and my son in Portland, fly to Alaska. I'm running through airports with, you know, my pump. <laughs> it was, it was uh, I couldn't do that today, but we were getting on a plane on uh, 9-11 and um, of course it was canceled and he was uh, going to eventually turn two. And um, I just realized this traveling was not, I couldn't sustain it. And fortunately, I got a severance package from the company, um, and I decided well, I'm going to do something where I don't have to travel, and my dad's an architect, and I always looked at homes as a hobby anyway, and I've always loved interior decoration and all that, and so I went and got my license at Champions, and <laughs> the rest is history. And the rest is oh, history. Awesome. When you talk about being a mom and going into real estate, I think this is the epitome mm -hmm. <laughs> Of a woman that took care of a small baby through airports while you are doing business. That's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah, it was. Um, it so was, real estate well, was a piece of cake after that, right? It's different, um, but it's uh, it's been very satisfying and worth all for it. So Diane, did you have a defining moment? You know, um, I did. I um, after I graduated from Purdue and moved to LA and worked in commercial construction actually for ten years. Married. Oh my goodness! Had, what did you do? Um, I sold some really boring stuff like the ceiling that's in here. Oh. Um, <laughs> and then I got into the architectural department of my distributor that I worked for and got to specify sales through architects, interior design firms, and so I was doing a lot of presentations okay. and mm -hmm. long-term sale because the big buildings would be up two, three years later. Um, but I really enjoyed it, and it was mostly men in the business, so I was a, a singled-out woman. But my parents had a real estate company that they started when I was 16, and it was always in the back of my head that I might want to do that, although I hated when they had dinner and would only talk about real estate. Mm -hmm. And so I got that lecture from them when my husband joined me. But there was a defining moment when we left L.A. and we met and we came to Houston um, to work for Continental Airlines for my husband. And I took a few years off when my kids were little. And I drove me nuts because I'm not a stay-at-home mom very easily. Mm -hmm. And um, we were financially not where we needed to be and um, really had some catch-up to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, when Mackenzie gets on the school bus, I'm getting my license. It's time. And it scared my husband because he knew he'd lose me. 
which she did. I worked seven days yeah. a week, <laughs> a long time, but um, so worth it. But that was my defining moment. Like, okay, now I'm doing it. I'm jumping in. And it was a full-time endeavor from there on. And now your son Parker is in real estate. Yes. Yeah. So we got a triple legacy going. Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So starting out in the business, because we have, I want to say, hundreds of students looking right now. They're starting out in the business. And um, what, if you think back to how you started for both of you, what were just one or two basic tasks that you would tell our customers, students, that they need to do starting out that will sort of get them started in the business? What comes to mind in that regard? Uh, I believe that getting your database together, mm -hmm. you we all know so many people and it could be the person who bags your groceries, it could be um, mm -hmm. Just about anybody, and I started um, doing a lot of training at the beginning, and was fortunate to do the Buffini mm -hmm. style of referral, you know, based lead generation, and that's always been my biggest lead generation source, and it's, um, I think, the most comfortable and long withstanding source of lead generation. And so, um, just to really, really nurture your your garden, that's always going to be what you have most control of, anyway. And it's the most fun. So just get that database together and make it fun. It doesn't have to be like you're bugging people. Call them. Just, just network. Get together. Well, let me ask you about that. So when Monica's talking about getting your database together, and she said your garden, um, people that you know, friends, loved ones, and people that eventually will send you business, how did you approach them? Did you do it with direct mail, a handwritten note? Did you do it verbally? Do you think back to how you initially, because people are very nervous about reaching out and being rejected. So, well, I think we, um, I think most people want to hear from you. And I think we put up our own fears that we're bugging them, mm -hmm. maybe because we, I mean, yes, I don't like getting telemarketer calls all day long, but it's, that's, it's not what it's about. Call them and there's the Ford, the family occupation, right. recreation dreams. You know, there's so many things that you can talk about and just go to go to lunch. And usually if you even ask someone else for help, um, they want to help you. And so uh, I think another thing, which is a premise of the Feeney, is, is to give to people, whether it's information or gifts or just your time, the time of the handwritten mm -hmm. note. I was, especially at the beginning, was diligent about five to seven handwritten notes every single day mm -hmm. and it felt so good doing it and i think just that time that you're giving and then if you ask you'll receive mm -hmm. so i think we just put up a lot of walls and fears when people especially those we know want to fearful. connect with you mm -hmm. so so diane what about you what couple of activities can our new people well I, I i remember sitting in champion school real estate honestly mm -hmm. in one of my first classes and sitting by an agent just do, getting ce and she advised me that I just get a notebook paper and write down the people that I know. And that if I know them, should they like you, would they choose to do business with you? So I made that list and it, we were pretty new here, right? And so it came from church people. Um, I had a little design business I was doing very part-time and it was 75 people at the end of the day. And I did the same thing as Monica um, back in that day, which is so different with social media today, but I mm -hmm. chicken soup for the soul. I had a 21 day 
plan every 21 days on my stationery, said Diane Kink, um, I would send just a little story and give oh. tribute to Chicken Soup and Soul. I would have men call me and say, that brought a tear in my eye. Mm -hmm. So it was about family, children, oh. dogs, mm -hmm. um, babies. You know, it was kind of everything. And that was, it sounds so old fashioned, but it may not be bad to do something traditional like that where you're it just works. connecting. Mm -hmm. um, and my my team leader or what we call today a business coach said, don't put your business card in there because you're not, you just, it's obviously you're in the business. It's your Diane Kink stationary, right? So I did that very consistently. Um, but then the really thing for me was to decide if I'm going to get in this business, I'm going to do it full time. I'm going to put the kids on the bus and I'm going to work. So I, I opted to initially work in an office that was 30 minutes away because I really enjoyed that um, individual that was a leader. And um, he said, can you be here every Monday morning at 830? Um, and if so, I'll, I'll lead you and coach you. I'm like, oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So the kids get on the bus at 730. I'd be there by 815. So it kept me accountable. Mm -hmm. And I really believe um, there were days where it stormed on Saturday and Sundays. And I had promised him that I was going to do open houses on both days. And this is like in 1999. And um, one time I had the excuse that it rained and I didn't do them. And I went to the top producer in the office because I didn't have listings. And um, she thought I was crazy because every weekend I wanted to do open houses. Mm -hmm. But that's how I grew my business is mm -hmm. open houses. And I also just held me accountable just to sit with him and realize, okay, now this is what I have to do this week. So I think that really pushed me into that Ricky of the Nation my first year without even, when my goal, but... I love it because the fear that new people have mm -hmm. is, I don't have much money. I'm going into mm -hmm. this. My income stream has stopped. Mm -hmm. So the fact that, first of all, you didn't give yourself an excuse not to go to work every day. Mm -hmm. You put the kids on the bus mm -hmm. and there you went. Yeah. So I think having a mentor, having a coach is really helpful. I think sometimes it's the office managers mm -hmm. that do that in many offices or the trainers mm -hmm. that do it. But um, handwritten notes, we know they work. That's like in my 30 days to success. It's like every day do mm -hmm. five handwritten notes because it's mm -hmm. amazing how in today's world people will read those. Oh, oh my gosh, gosh, I have a handwritten note. It's not a text mm -hmm. or an email. So that doesn't cost any money. The thing that you brought up, Diane, open houses. Mm -hmm. Do you still sit on open houses? And what do you think about open houses? You know, I have a, an amazing team. I don't myself often sit in open houses. However, sometimes I do because I just enjoy it. Because mm -hmm. I actually enjoy meeting new people all every day. Um, and I enjoy broker opens because I enjoy other agents. I think it's a really key to our business to be friends with the other agents and to get point. to know them. And mm -hmm. I think it's just, you want them to want to work with you. So I enjoy the broker opens, um, but open houses, we do them on our listings. Luxury, it's a little hard in our market because a lot of ours are behind the gates, mm -hmm. um, but we still push open houses and it's a great way to grow a database and meet people. I would not approach them hard. I'd be very soft. I used to go with my laptop and just give information. Good. I would invite the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. Come come see the listing in your neighborhood. Mm -hmm. um, choose your new neighbor. And it just made it kind of it's comfortable. Not intimidating. Not intimidating. Mm -hmm. And I didn't pounce on them. You know, and they eventually they would open up and talk. 
And how do you feel about open houses, Monica? Do you do that? Do you have a team? I, I need to ask you, do you have a team or is it Monica? So I right now have an amazing, uh, fairly new director of operations. He's an oh. assistant, but with a lot okay. more of a skill set uh, that, um, so now I'm going to be growing my team again. Okay. I've had a team up to seven people before. Um, the past two to three years, I've just had an assistant. Um, it's been a lot. I mean, you must have an assistant as soon as you can get one or you are an assistant. And, um, and, and we all have our talents. Um, she said a really good thing. If you don't find an assistant, you are an assistant mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with being an assistant but right. i think the entrepreneurial spirit exactly. of, of of realtors like right. us that are doing mm -hmm. the the luxury um we have our certain talents and you know i like mm -hmm. to stir up dust everywhere i go and <laughs> get you know get my nose and everything and then i'm like okay go clean it up now <laughs> you know, right. go go figure this out um so i have now somebody who's really i think like two plus people and uh, mm -hmm. the intent um, and one of the reasons I recently moved to Compass is to build up a team again. So I think that it's teams always better than one. It's amazing mm -hmm. how that can work. It it's is. not like if you bring the first person on, it's not like, well, now there are two of you. It's actually that term we used many years ago, synergy. It's more mm -hmm. like three or four people happen. Mm -hmm. And you're right. The reason I said and repeated what you said about if you don't have an assistant, you are an assistant, meaning you two are the ones out there meeting and greeting your wonderful um, program that you have to bring forward to sellers and buyers with mm -hmm. your materials. And, and you obviously love being in front of people. But then if you don't have an assistant, you have to go home at the end of the day and do hours and hours and hours of work. Paperwork. They're totally yes. different personalities, too. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people have heard, well, there are a lot of personality tests, but the DISC test, you know, I'm right. a DI. Mm -hmm. um, I, I can do the detail. In fact, I'm super detailed, but I just will it takes drown myself in it. Yeah. And your time, and your time <laughs> is more worthwhile out generating dust as you said yeah. Yeah. negotiating and having the right. right conversations with the listings and the pricing right. and you know just yeah. kind of knowing the Critical. big big picture right yeah and yet starting out as a one person new person it's honestly a good thing at the get-go that you are your assistant because you have to learn contracts mm -hmm. you have to learn listings how to fill them yeah. out how to do it the right way mm -hmm. so now we come these years forward how do each of you stay in touch with your buyers and sellers, your client base, your uh, centers of influence. What do you do in today's world? How often do you get in touch with them? Can you share current, that with, with current buyers with and sellers or past? Um, we, because we have a team, we have uh, listing specialists that um, run our listing programs, you know, inside. So they weekly are communicating with our sellers. Okay. Um, and, and a lot of times, especially in luxury, our market is different than yours, Monica, where it's just slow. Days on market could be three years, mm -hmm. could be five years over over three million, actually. You know, mm -hmm. so just to call and say, here's someone had a price reduction or there's a new listing and there's not a whole lot to report, just to hear from us exactly. is important. Mm -hmm. And then they let me know if hey Diane, they need a Diane call. You know, um, I touch base and we'll just talk to them um, as I see a market change and things. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think it's important just to stay in touch. 
past clients and um, as, as we've been in business, you know, 20 plus years now, we've got a lot of past clients. So we do a, a monthly newsletter that gives them information instead of a lot of recipes or fluff. And I'm not saying those are bad, but I think that people want information about the market. So we have two market updates that we send um, depending on if they were, you know, a million and below or a million and above. Mm -hmm. So they're getting those market stats and then a little information about the community and what's new, what's going on. Mm -hmm. And we do a little blurb about someone on the kink team as well. So they get to know the team members mm -hmm. um, and, and get a trust level. So it's all valuable team. information that someone yeah. would want to read and you're getting it pretty often. Right. Mm -hmm. How many days on market are your properties over like, a million or two million or three million in Austin. I know our Austin market is really very robust. And it is. Mm -hmm. Well, it just depends on the area. And, uh -huh. um, you know, central, a two to three million dollar price tag is pretty common, <laughs> very common. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, there are other areas of town, one to two million, they can barely stay on the market. Um, the average overall citywide is somewhere in the 47 to 48 days, but that's just mm -hmm. the average. Um, you know, I think we have a lot of buyers coming in and if the home's priced mm -hmm. right in most price ranges, we've got a lot of the Bay Area and people coming in looking for, well, I wouldn't say a lot, but more than usual looking at 10, $20 million right. properties. Um, mm -hmm. so it's, you know, tough to say, give an exact time for luxury. It just depends on the exact band we're talking about in the, the area. Depends on the location. The is it waterfront? Is it waterfront? Yeah. That's a big deal. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how often do you stay in touch with your current listings and past clients? So current listings, uh, try to have... A conversation at least once a week and I always ask them during the listing appointment how do you prefer to be mm -hmm. contacted do you want email text phone call from me right and um you know it's not a perfect world of course we're always putting out fires and yeah. it's, it's exciting all yeah. the time <laughs> but um it, it I really try to stick with the once a week and have those tough conversations and tell people what they need to hear not what they want to hear and hopefully have good news time. and information as well Mm -hmm. Um, and then just for general sphere of influence, I really just sprinkle a little bit everywhere. Um, we do a lot of social media, um, Instagram, mm -hmm. we're trying now to stick to four posts Do you outsource that? Do you do it yourself? Well, I've been doing it with my one other recently. Yeah. I have outsourced. There is a, it's a company called Gen M, which might be really handy for people starting out to know. Uh, you pay, have you heard of Gen no. M before? So they have um, all these interns and um, you pay, it's oh, I very inexpensive. It's like $40 a month mm -hmm. or something. And you get um, several hours a week and there's some very talented people and they're looking at the end for some sort of testimonial and sometimes they may want to do some side work mm -hmm. for you now it's a three-month stint so you need to um, have a plan that's easily trainable and repeatable because yeah it, you know it's right it's uh, pretty standard but it's mm -hmm. really inexpensive yeah to so get started and there's also yeah. fiber um which a lot of people have heard about mm -hmm. but i have outsourced things like stripping voice from video mm -hmm. um putting video together Virtual staging, if my company, the broker, wasn't doing it, or they do everything. So, 
So what I'm hearing is, which I know our students enjoy hearing, is social media most definitely helps a bunch. There are inexpensive online, internet, in the cloud companies that can help you. And if you would repeat one more time the first one that you mentioned, because I know there are at least 50 yeah. people saying, I wish I'd written that down. Right. Yeah, so Gen M, G-E-N-M, just it's really self-explanatory. You go online, you put in your uh, what you're looking for, and then there are people who are looking for that type of work. Mm -hmm. And um, then you have an opportunity to, to pick someone, and they yeah. pick you. So. These ladies, I know, they're looking at you saying, I want to be like that. <laughs> I want that busy, busy business. I want the upper end. How did each of you, and the only word I can think of is birth, mm -hmm. the upper end luxury home niche? For me, um, it was really a conscious decision, and it was when my husband joined me after six years, and we just did, we call it guerrilla warfare, where you just research other realtors in your local market. You know, who's doing the business? And, and, and we were looking at the Woodlands, and at the time, there were three that were the suspects of getting all the business that was up to a million. Because back then, a million was a big number. Huge. A huge number. So we then researched them and thought, wow, we can be so much better, right? And we could, their stuff is outdated. They're, it doesn't, it's not, it's not, doesn't look so good. good. And their energy level is not high. And we've got it as far as energy. So that was one thing we did. And then we just started marketing to those higher end neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. um, and we got our first listing in one of those neighborhoods mm -hmm. and just really worked that listing hard. Um, so that's, you know, just listed, that's open houses. Um, and just market, you know, in the publications, that one listing. And then it just grew from there, but not not without a lot of effort. We a also, lot of effort. A lot of, I mean, I'm talking, <laughs> I'm talking eight to 10 years, maybe, really, yeah. to get to nearly 100 million in sales, which two thirds be in luxury, right? Um, but also we just were aware, you know, we love to give back and we started getting a lot involved in um, philanthropic. Um, so we, we're around people with money in the same social environments. And um, you're going to spend your time doing that likely if you make that decision. Mm -hmm. So we deliberately decided because they all want your money and they all mm -hmm. want you to be part of it. But we decided where our heart was, you know, and what personal things, maybe mm -hmm. family members and things. So we started really getting a lot, a lot involved in that. And then lastly, we chose to buy a lot in a gated country club neighborhood way back in 06, hmm. with eventually um, to build on this lot and become a country club member. Mm -hmm. Now, it sounds so daunting to all of you, maybe. That sounds so expensive, but we inched our way into that. I mean, we didn't build till 2014 or 15, so we owned the lot for many years because it was we just weren't ready. Mm -hmm. But we were setting those seeds knowing mm -hmm. that we want to get into higher price points. We want to do more luxury. It was really almost like mm -hmm. a goal. And mm -hmm. here's the lot. And now when yeah. we're ready, we'll be able to mm -hmm. build and move in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you never so know what also, exactly, intentional. Yeah. 
doesn't yeah, happen without intention, I don't think. It's and and that that's the main thing. And I think that perception is reality. So mm-hmm. you may not have done one luxury sale, but you say, I want to be a luxury realtor. Yeah. So I'm your luxury realtor. I'm your luxury realtor. I, I remember a study, somebody told me it was a farming um, experiment where they had a mm-hmm. fictional person who farmed very consistently saying, I'm the neighborhood expert. I'm the yeah. neighborhood expert. And then mm-hmm. they did a poll and this person yeah. didn't even exist. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the neighborhood expert. So I think um, if you just know you dress the part, I'm not saying, you know, you have to be hoity-toity, but when you go to the store, don't be in, with no you know no makeup and you're here in a ponytail yeah. looking like you just rolled out of bed i mean it's it's nothing wrong with that it. but if you want to be the luxury realtor in your in area, area you, you want mm-hmm. to look and act the part i do think that charity mm-hmm. is a huge thing when i wasn't traveling so much i finally said yes i can really give back to the community mm-hmm. and um i just called the charity any baby can many years ago and said, Hey, I want to do a fundraising event for y'all. And it turned out to be one of their largest of the year, if not the largest each year. And we did it for five years. It was a whole series of, I mean, it was a whole production. I read an article about that. Mm -hmm. You were in the Austin, is it called Austin Talk Producer Magazine? Mm -hmm. It was, yeah. 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 And there were so many charities that you were involved in. And it really got my attention because I mm-hmm. see, because I know Diane and I live in the north part of Houston, mm-hmm. um, I see how involved Diane is right. and gives back and volunteer is time, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. oh my goodness, your clients mm-hmm. love it and they see that you're actively involved with the neighborhood, yeah. not the city, the town, the community. So yeah, it's obviously great for networking, but it's just... a giving back is the ultimate achievement I think mm-hmm. and and it's not that you have to give money it's just give your time Hi. give your heart exactly. give your energy um it, you know I've done I was a ballerina so I did the ballet Austin guild you can go do the Austin symphony and just get really involved and I oh my, my son did we you did young men's so I'm like okay she's a ballerina <laughs> and a pianist <laughs> and a pianist <laughs> oh, <laughs> And you were in the Olympics, I'm sure. Yeah. No, no. No, you weren't. Well, no, gee, no. you could. I know. It could be my future. <laughs> that is no. great information. Awesome. Giving back is yeah. so very important. And again, mm-hmm. we just tell brand new people, be there. You don't have a lot of money, but you have a lot of time. Volunteer, 4th of July parade. Christmas, mm-hmm. Thanksgiving activities, anything yeah. that you can do, passing out flyers at the mm-hmm. heart ball or whatever is there that you can be yeah. front and center, mm-hmm. giving your time. Being present. So right? Being present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it looks like that everything has just gone so smoothly in the lives of these two ladies. <laughs> so I'm going to change the direction for a minute. Is there a closing a transaction that you had that was really difficult that you might just say (laughs) no (laughs) say to our group everything's not always roses and most definitely we know real estate is hard work it is commitment is there a transaction that might come to mind you could share i i Thinking about probably five or ten. 
Um, but but one or two that stands out, and the one was horrific. You know, getting to the end, um, the seller didn't want to sell. So seller's remorse. And you know, in Texas, the seller doesn't have an opportunity to change their mind once we get past the option period, right? right? And it's trudging forward. Right. I couldn't get them to move out oh, of no. the house. And um, this was an expensive home even. Oh, yeah. And um, and it was a noted person in our area as well that had some notoriety. And so I was handling it with kit gloves because of that. Mm-hmm. But then um, the kink team had the buyer as well, mm-hmm. um, one of our buyer agents. And um, it got really challenging where the police were called. And when finally he got out and the family got out, he had taken the um, speakers from the media room that were, you know, in the in ceiling. The and just did some rotten stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, that was tough mm-hmm. because we represented both sides. And that was, I felt bad for the buyer, but also um, I felt bad for the seller, quite honestly, because why did they change it? Why did they choose to sell and then change their mind? And then exactly. I couldn't fix it for them. Right. I always like to fix things and make people happy. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. why I can't sleep at night because I want people to, to like me, to like the team, to like what we're doing and to make people happy and to help them through, you know, transitions, happy, sad, death, divorce, babies, whatever it might be. And we couldn't fix this one. Wow. So that was, that's just a memory. That, Very challenging. And it's taken me, I, I see them in the community and now it's hugs and hellos, mm. but how, how was long tough. did it really, how many days or weeks did it take you to finally get the sellers to move out so well, the buyers could move out. It wasn't days or weeks. It was it, it was days. Uh-huh. And then it came down to hours. You will be out by this time. And then it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then that's when the police were called in. I mean, it was mm-hmm. crazy. It you have a little crazy yeah. stuff sometimes. Yeah, but, very um, emotional. Yeah, yeah, it was emotional mm-hmm. for all parties when it could have been happy. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, the seller was really happy, mm-hmm. to, I think, to get yeah. it sold. Even bought another house in the neighborhood eventually. Mm-hmm. So that's quite a story. <laughs> one of many, wow. I am sure. One of many. <laughs> yeah. Monica, do you oh, have gosh. a challenging well, story? A few have popped in my head, but this one from a while back might take the cake. So I had um, a, a distant relative's house listed, um, and he was um, suffering from severe depression. Had been an attorney, um, was had no electricity, uh, and this is like a. Five hundred or six hundred thousand dollar house back fifteen years ago, mm-hmm. and was using the neighbor's hose to flush his toilets. Um, oh goodness! And so I had a realtor tour. He really, really, really needed to sell. Mm-hmm. And um, I had a realtor tour, and he called me and said, "Hey, Monica, what time do you think you're going to wrap up the realtor tour?" And I said, "Oh, probably noon. We'll be out here here." And next morning, I get a call from. Um, oh, it's been a while. It's going to make me tear up. I get a call from an agent who said, Monica, there's a crime uh, scene around your listing. Um, there's yellow tape and, you know, oh. you might want to change it in the MLS. And I said, excuse me? And then I get a phone call from a family member. And they uh, said that right after we left, he'd gone in the garage and basically killed himself in the car. Uh-huh. And there was apparently um, blood on a on a window. Well, it turned out that he had accidentally slammed a cat's tail in there, and maybe that's what put him over the edge. But oh. um, he was obviously planning it, and so it was a crime scene. He was an attorney, did not have a will, and so it went into a probate situation. So I was dealing mm-hmm. with family, 
And then with buyers who were screaming at me for a year and a half because it was a complicated mess um, and they were so mad they, they weren't in there. They, they eventually bought it, but wow, it was very goodness. unpleasant for about a year and a half. And it was oh, very early goodness. in my real estate career. So you learned so many things about wills and mm-hmm. trust yeah. and intestate and Patience, yeah. sadness, and yeah, sleepless nights. Yeah, wow. and it's always something wow. new. I mean, I still have transactions. Mm-hmm. There's just, there are just so many things, intricacies, um, but that's what makes yeah. it interesting and it does. And fun. At the end and, of the day, yeah. it's never the same because mm-hmm. people are so different. The personality. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you don't know what the outside, what the inside is, if, what the outside performance is of the person when you start to work with them. Have you ever wondered what a career in real estate is all about? My 30 Days to Success workbook will teach you what an agent should do from their first day in business through their first 30 days. Everything from finding clients to setting up appointments to deciding what office to join and which type of real estate is good for you, be it residential or be it commercial. 30 Days to Success is a training manual for new people. If you are needing additional training in real estate sales, if your company training program is maybe needing improvement, purchase 30 Days to Success for $79, which includes the link to online training as well as the comprehensive 30 Days to Success workbook. transaction come to mind it was like the easiest thing ever where you're like how did I get so lucky this was just so easy and man I really do deserve this (laughs) (laughs) they come around they they do and it was just so easy you're wondering how did that happen um just just by you know going on the market and selling the first day in a market that doesn't sell in one day and uh and the seller going wait that was way easy and I want to explain to them, but you have no idea what I've been through with five yeah. <laughs> Um, But it, it's a blessing. And I said, well, we just did everything right. We prepped it. We painted. We did the updates. We groomed, um, staged, and we priced it right. And and thank you for listening to me, you know, and that's this what I This story is so common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I want you all to be aware of it when it happens to you. You do exactly what Diane said. Yeah. You list it right. Mm-hmm. The sellers paint it. That's great appeal. Mainly the price is right. So then you get a buyer and then they say, oh, you must have priced it too, too low. low. <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, it will. No. And I love how you said, no, you listened to me. Thank right. you for that happening. Right. Do you That's have so an true. experience, Monica? Uh, the, the one I think of, uh, it's a neighborhood of really very exclusive, nice golf neighborhood in Austin. And I had a beautiful listing the couple was the most collaborative teamwork Mm -hmm. kind of um, very professional but understanding and we would just meet and have a glass of wine and just talk Um, it wasn't the easiest sale in fact um, to this day in the MLS it was the highest 
dollar a square foot in the area. In fact, I couldn't even, we were trying oh, to get it appraised and I couldn't even get appraisers to come out because they're like, we're not, no, we'll give you this. It's not going to be anything more than that. And I finally I found an appraiser with a brain and open mind and okay. we sold, you know, we sold where it was like close oh, wow. to 5 million or 4.75. But it was just such a, when you can listen to each other and um, and really communicate, it doesn't have to be an ugly thing. I mean, you can't control the other person's personality, but this just happened to be a lovely couple, a beautiful home. Um, and good communication. And they really would do what I suggested and vice versa. We just powwow, made it a team. That's fun. So when you get a call from a median price buyer, do you work those as well? Medium price, absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think our team, and it's been 20 plus years, but we have concentrated so much in, in luxury and me especially and other team members um, follow along because that's where the calls start coming in. And then in the Woodlands marketplace, luxury, you know, the, from not having a lot of million dollar, now we've got a lot of three million and, you know, almost a 10 year inventory. Mm -hmm. So then our phone almost wasn't ringing because we were focusing and my ads were looking, showing all these big, beautiful homes. Mm -hmm. um, so we've made a, a concentrated effort to market that we do all price points. Mm -hmm. um, so we love a lower price buyer and a lower price listing. Um, they, they're, 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 they sell, they're grateful. Um, they're quicker, you know, for us they're to get through butter. that trend. Yeah. And they're bread and butter. Mm -hmm. exactly. So we, we really need those. Well, and you never know, too. It's it's a people business, and you never mm -hmm. know, you know, this person may have a, I don't know, 150000 Well, you can't even find $150,000. Right. <laughs> but um, I, a case in point, literally just last night, somebody, um, I sold them maybe a $300,000 home mm -hmm. many, many years ago, but we've always stayed in touch. And I just get a call last night. Um, with potential of eight listings, it's somebody who just buys a ton of properties and they're redoing them and they're, they're it's, I haven't added it up, but I think it's at least $20 million of inventory. Mm -hmm. nice. And it's because I knew this person who was working for this investor. Um, you just never know. It's you all about connections and, and people. Often our new people will ask, well, how do I find an investor that I can hook up with? And it's exactly the answer I give them is the one you just mentioned. You often don't know how you're going to find that investor, but they appear. Mm -hmm. And it can be through just a friendship with mm -hmm. someone else, or it's a buyer that you think is a regular buyer only to find out they want eight properties. And right. You just never know. So with the, um, and I wanted to bring that out, that even though, they are very much at the top of the market with the luxury home market and excellent and do a super job. I wanted our students to know, but you still sell everything. Mm -hmm. And everything is, as you said, bread and butter. Right. And so don't think, well, I'm just going to, you know, get my license and right away I'm only going to sell at the top of the market because that's what everybody would love to do. But we know it takes time, and while you're waiting for that $2 million, $2 million property to sell, maybe you can sell three other properties mm -hmm. that are in a lower price range, and it's the same money. Mm -hmm. It's a luxury service. It's a you know luxury versus service. the price point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
So um, what about coaching and accountability and uh, training? Do you, both of you have a coach? Do you still go to seminars? Do you have a personal accountability coach? Let's talk about coaching a little bit. I've um, always had some type of a coach and today I'm still coaching um, weekly and it's it's a I had I had two coaches as of recent and it was just too much time and too much involvement so I've narrowed it down to one and it is the um, through Keller Williams and it's um, it's Omega Asia Productivity the MAPS coaching program but and you get with a coach that is at the level to help you with whatever production you're at with with the Keller Williams coaching. And so they, they, they talk the same language. They understand our tools. So I find it easy over the years. I've done Brian Buffini coaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've always been about doing business by referral. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't do a lot of that cold marketing that some of the coaching might teach somebody. Um, it's all about the database and the referral and past referral and networking. I go to several seminars a year. Next month, I'll be going to, um, used to be called Lori Mormor's. You know, in the Luxury Institute. And I haven't been in a couple of years, but I love going because I enjoy the other luxury agents around the nation, sometimes around the globe, that aren't just Keller Williams. And um, we've had some friendships. It's just going to be nice. It's in um, Boca next month. Um, I'm part of Gary Keller Mastermind and have been for 18 years. So we meet quarterly. And um, as big as it seems like we are here locally, I sit in a room with about 150 agents, such as huge businesses. And so I learned so much from just being around Gary um, for a full day, full day and a half is um, such a visionary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the the Keller Williams events that we go to um, where we learn a lot. That's pretty much where we spend our time. Yeah, I'm a huge proponent of education. I mean, knowledge is mm. power. And there's the, the world changes so quickly, it's not, you can never get enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've coaching, I've done, uh, when I first started, I did the, the Feeney style coaching. Mm. Um, I was doing uh, Tom Ferry, had a really, really awesome coach. Right this second, I'm not. I had a lot of personal things going on last year, mm-hmm. good and bad, that um, mm-hmm. just, I, as much as I wanted to do, I, I was kind of in an emergency mode, but um, I am reconsidering. I, I think that um, having somebody hold you accountable and take that time to to goal set and prioritize and know that you've got to answer to that person the next week. <laughs> now, coaching can be expensive, um, but you can go to classes all over. I, I go... Tom Ferry, Buffini, I'll watch things. I, um, you know, luxury real estate. There are so, so many opportunities online. right now. Yeah. I mean, as you said, watch things. There are great things that, for example, come in just on Inman Connect. Oh, I read it every morning. Inman yeah. Connect oh, has so much information. great information mm-hmm. to keep you current. Forbes.com, yeah. information mm-hmm. to keep you current. Mm-hmm. And all you need to do is just say, yes, I subscribe. So. And just study your market. And, and if you decide if luxury is your niche, um, just study it. Look yeah. at stats. Look at the velocity of home selling. Look at, you know, just what the trends are. But um, for people that are starting out and don't have the liberty to go and hire a coach, I would get an assistant first. Yeah. <laughs> um, this was a great idea I heard, I think, through coaching. Um, there's a guy, uh, I don't know, he's in Hawaii, it doesn't matter, but he's uh, he pays, he 
is relatively new and he pays somebody $12 an hour to come to his house. I can't remember if it's every morning or if it's like three days a week, but it's for hours at a time. And this person's the only job is to sit at a computer and log what the next step is. And he's on a, it's calling through whatever list he has. It could be your database. Yeah. It could be a first sale by, I mean, whatever okay. list you've chosen. And if he doesn't call X people or a certain amount of time a day, he has to pay $100 to this person. <laughs> so the wow. fear of losing $100, it forces him to, to be accountable. Do. And he's paying him $12 an hour for the most important work that you could have. That and it's crazy. Yeah. That's a lead generation. But if you, if you guys did that every morning, even two or three hours, right? Yes. Every morning, just cut that out from 9 to 11 even. And but to have someone pay someone just a minimal hourly fee, and then if you don't do it, and they're taking notes for you, and then telling you what follow up. Yeah, and I, I don't even that. know if minimum age is twelve, yes. but it's like it's a very, very small, small amount for all you need is one, one success, and you paid yeah ten times. I've had a number of top producers that I've interviewed in the last two years, and somehow lead generation moves in, and I just want to tell the ones that are listening today that are wondering about cold calling. I can't get over one of the top agents in San Antonio, Jeff. And he said, every Friday I go into my office and I sit down until noon. And that's what I do every Friday. He said, mm -hmm. I started doing it as a new agent and that's how I built my business. And he said, mm -hmm. today, years later, I'm at the very top of the market in San Antonio. And he thing it's those friday lead generation i hate to say cold calling because you at least know these people they mm -hmm. would know your name mm -hmm. and uh, so it, it absolutely it works it, it does works. work just yeah. forcing yourself to sit down and, and shut the door and just make those calls exactly. mm -hmm. you know what when i do that i feel really good do yes. you too i feel, I feel so pro done. productive yeah. you know and and, and something always happens and, and one thing to make me always happens make me not feel no gosh, I'm gonna bug them. It's too early. It's yeah. too late. It's lunchtime. I mean, you can make like all these excuses. excuses. I'm busy. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. Excuses. Yeah. But um, one thing when I do my client appreciation parties, and now I'm starting to just sprinkle more in certain areas. Like mm -hmm. I have one coming up in October. It's just a little six to eight wine, you know, mm -hmm. little appetizers, meet and greet. And you hope everybody will come, but it's a great reason for me to call and say, hey, I haven't talked to you in so long. I just want to read. And, yeah. and you're serious. You're not just making this up. Sure. You know, I really hope to see you and just reconnect. Please join us. And it's an invitation. And that makes it just really easy. You know, how are you doing? How are, how are the kids? It's how really relaxed and easy. That. Mm -hmm. Good. Is there mm -hmm. a new software or a new tool? or anything that comes to mind for both of you that has really helped you make your business day a little easier. Does something come to mind that you've implemented recently that you well, might recommend? Well, um, I think uh, one of the big disruptors of the market is this AI that's out there, right? Exactly. And um, the the Zillows and the even the Amazon, you know, possibly getting into real estate and, and the whole Netflix and how the consumer knows what they want. So Amazon, Netflix, mm -hmm. Zillow starts to understand what that consumer mm -hmm. wants and needs. Um, we're getting into a transition um, with with Keller Williams with Command. It's not out completely yet. Um, our, our team is just getting integrated, but 
that will be a game changer for us because it's going to take all of our what we used to be top producer, then we went to follow up boss, and now we'll go to one database. We won't be paying all these ancillary businesses. Mm -hmm. And then the Kelly is like our app that is almost like Siri. So mm -hmm. the consumer will say to Kelly, you know, I want wood floors. I only want three to 3,500 3, square feet. Mm -hmm. And then they're going to drop just like a Netflix or an Amazon. So that consumer, and we're going to be copied. So we're going to know what they're looking at, when they're looking in the middle of the night or it will be a game changer and it's starting to happen um, around um, the U.S. for Keller Williams. But to me, that's going to be our game changer. And AI is really it's the really game changer. It's marketplace. Uh-huh. It's coming into real estate. AI definitely will save us money when mm -hmm. we actually get our arms around it. Well, is there anything you're using, Mom? So, well, Compass has, it's a very, very high-tech company, um, 350 plus engineers. So yes, AI is huge. The dashboard that I'm able to use now, instead of using five or six different systems mm -hmm. like Canva, and I, I can just do it all in one. Um, so that's, and of course, it, it is a company that's one of the disruptors, you know, it's upsetting everybody. <laughs> but, right, the company but it's, it's good. Yeah. Um, and so... And then Contactually is a database I was using uh, previously, and then Compass bought Contactually, so they're integrating all that, and that's a CRM, Customer Relationship mm -hmm. Management System. And um, it, it is, I, I think, a really wonderful system because your emails and the contacts are automatically pulled in, and then you, you have to bucket mm -hmm. them and tag them and then put them on the programs, and it's just... It, you know, rather than having to get a contact and out of the email and put it over here, and it just does it. Yeah. Um, so I think between yeah helpful. Compass, which mm -hmm. now contextually is mm -hmm. Compass, um, it, it's pretty good. It'll get a whole lot more simple. And if, I love if, it. if you have the AI products, I yeah. love it that you're excited about it mm -hmm. because sometimes when we talk about <laughs> new software, new tools, it's mm -hmm. like there's some agents that are, no, no more. Don't change. I can't yeah. learn another thing. Yeah. But it's always I think it's going to simplify, better. right? And so I think that's why I'm yeah. excited because, mm -hmm. and then we just have paid massive amounts to all these different programs. Mm -hmm. And then mm -hmm. I, my team members would say, we put it in here, then we got to go in here, and we got in here, and then you know, we do it in four different areas, and now we have one area only. Mm -hmm. So it's going to just save mm -hmm. teamwork and time and um I'm excited about that, and it's, it's happening. You can literally match buyers and sellers, and, and a lot of people, because robots and artificial intelligence, it mm -hmm. just starts to sound kind of scary, but that's why it's, another reason it's so important, I think, to cultivate the people you know, because it is still a very emotional, as you've heard. I mean, robots yeah. and artificial intelligence cannot close all these transactions. Um, they're just... I feel and like way too complicated. They for wine and cheese. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and so we, and then those are the, the people you, that you hold near to you. So I just don't see robots taking over real estate. They see you and they like you. And they mm -hmm. connect with you. And they know mm -hmm. that you're also giving back to the community. They mm -hmm. know that your word is good. They know yeah. you're reliable. Mm -hmm. And they start relying on you. You become the expert. I think um, even with all this AI, AI and not to be afraid of it, being kind of robot sounding, mm -hmm. is it's, it's still us. It's relationship. People still need that relationship at the end of the day. Or the Zillows that are out there and open doors and all these that are seeming to be, oh no, game changers. 
the end of the day, they want us in person, you know. Mm -hmm. right um, now, so in relationship is still going to be a key. It is. And yeah. research is telling us that. Right. They still want to see a month there. Yeah. In the dining room. Yeah. So mm -hmm. with all the activity and with both of you being super amazing producers, how many hours a week do you work? <laughs> and how many hours a week did you work starting out? So are you working more hours, less hours? What are your thoughts on that for new people? I worked a lot. <laughs> I worked a lot. It was a seven day a week for me. Oh, yeah. And it was, um, and our kids were five and seven initially when I, you know, put them on the bus. And, um, but I did work seven days a week and I did have children. Uh, and my husband did work probably 70 hours a week at the time for Continental Airlines. But I, this business allowed me to be home at three or three thirty, right. I would plan my day. So I get them on the bus, go to my training, learn, do business, be home. Then I um, do activities after school, and sometimes I paid for someone to drive them around. You know, as they got older, and then I'd um, put them to bed, have dinner, go to bed, then go out for a listing appointment. Sometimes at eight o'clock at night. I mean, I just did that, and, and then she had worked every weekend. You know, and and Bruce and I we talk about how he didn't like me too much those years. Oh, okay. Because, um, but you know, I thought, well, I'm improving my life a lot, you know. Um, and then over the years, I think it's the passion that we love about the business that we still work a lot of hours. But for me, having an amazing team, honestly, and have so much trust. I was in Ibiza last week for eight days. Um, I'll take another trip um, coming up next month. And I get out a lot now, and I have a lot of faith, but I could be anywhere in the world. Doing I still check in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I still, I still talk to my but clients. But it's really good to get away because it actually gives mm -hmm. you more ideas and yeah. allows you to sort of restructure maybe your business plan or always. Or if you need an offer on that toughest listing, just leave town. <laughs> and the daily you'll get money. <laughs> it is so true, Monica. Yeah. My yeah. longtime friend in Florida, every time she visits me, she does business in Palm Beach County. She always gets a sale. That's awesome. The so when business is slow, she goes, I'm coming to Houston. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, time so management is a very tough thing. Um, I had a hiatus um, in between when I started and now um, where I was still actively licensed, but I wasn't really, I was raising my son. And mm -hmm. I think it was just God's way of making me slow down um, because mm -hmm. it can we're yes people and you're trying yeah. to please everybody all the time. And so it can, um, I, I don't even know how many hours I work, at least 80. I, I think it's more like 90, um, but Did it just doesn't feel like work, I guess. Does, go ahead. It, it, it's okay. No, it's, it's just becomes just a way of life. I mean, it's, um, mm -hmm. and so you have to enjoy it, but I do think a team's so important and letting go is an important thing to learn um, because I just got back from Thailand with my son. He graduated from high school. I was oh, like, I am going to Thailand. Awesome. <laughs> and, um, and we, you know, I did check in and I did some work, but uh, nothing, nobody died. No, no deals yeah, fell through and it all worked out. But team and to be able to do that, you need at least one extremely Tell agile, talented person. Um, but I, but even more is better. I think your clients understand you need a break because they know how hard you and I both work probably, right? Mm -hmm. And the hours and the dedication. And I think that they understand, good for you. 
they if do. they're taken care of, you exactly. know, by, by your team. Because everybody knows that keeps the life balance mm -hmm. the way it needs to be. And, and they're happy that you can take off. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. Starting out, did you work that many hours, do you think? I've always been a workaholic. I really have been. I you just enjoy it. That's why you I enjoy guess. what you do isn't work, really. Do you want to know what successful people in real estate do every day? Learn the how, the why, the what of their daily success by tuning in to our Champion School of Real Estate podcast every week. Every Wednesday, we will add new insights to elevate your entrepreneurship and help you make new breakthroughs in your business. You can do it. We can help at Champion School of Real Estate Weekly Podcast.